0: To, uh, to just like we just did, you know, that you would separate the first 10% of your money before you take care of your rent, your mortgage, you know, because that's what words in this book happens to say. Right. We tell the sick that by the stripes of Jesus they are healed and not to buckle under the weight of a serious diagnosis because of what the Bible says. Well, all of that would be for naught and for nothing if you the hearer don't have proper regard and understanding of the authority and the weight of the Scriptures. The only reason we're having this moment together is because we have come to know beyond all reasonable doubt that God wrote the Bible, that the words are of divine origin. That this Creator, you know, you walk outside and people that don't have a Bible, according to Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2, deals with and talks about how God handles the situation of the aborigine and the person out there in some culture that does not have the Bible. The Bible says that they can look up. They can look at the tree, they can look at the grass, they can look at the animal kingdom, they can look at the sun, the moon, the stars, and they would know by creation... That there is a God. That none of this, all of this just didn't show up. It's just absolutely impossible. You break life down to a single cell of which you are made of trillions of them, right? The complication of a single cell is is, it, it takes more than the highest powered computer to put that together. Don't tell me evolution's right. Darwin said on his deathbed, that he did not believe in his theory. <laughs> that it took more faith to believe in his theory than it did the God of the Bible. They don't teach you that in elementary school. But that's a dying declaration of Darwin himself. Amen. The more we've known about the created world since Darwin's day has done nothing but tear apart and disprove his theory. I'm just here to tell you today that you didn't come, you didn't crawl up out of a pond as a tadpole, and then a frog, and then a this, and then a that. It didn't happen. (laughs) God made you. Because God made you. Do you know right now today, it's only Him that sustains you. And if He didn't, you wouldn't be. How do I know that? Well, because in Acts chapter 17, the Bible says that it's in him that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. And so, Brother Paul, I'm just going to tell you this. Don't get scared. But if God's not faithful to you in the next moment, you're not going to get your next inflation of breath. You're not going to get another heartbeat. Right. That's right. Because God is the source, the life giver and the sustainer of everything it created. And so we've been talking about different aspects for the last couple of weeks. Endeavoring to give you and offer you, and we could do this all year long. I'm not going to. Offer you proofs of the divine inspiration and origin of the Bible. And so we hope that you have stayed with us. And and, uh, if not, you need to go back. If you're a first-time guest, get on our podcast. Go back to the bookstore and we'll get you a CD or whatever and catch up with us. Our golden text for this series, of course, is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Here Paul, writing to a young pastor, said all Scripture. How much of it? All "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable or useful for doctrine. Now, doctrine simply means to help people know what to believe. Now, every one of you, you believe something about everything. Everything. Right. You believe something about everything. And it's just very important that if you never have, I don't I'm so glad that you are uh, maybe you just been born into a Christian home like my kids have heard it all their life. They just believe it without question. Sincerity of heart that Jesus is Lord, that he's alive today, that God raised him from the dead. Amen. But if they were ever thought to question their faith, that wouldn't be a problem. The people say, real faith blind faith. No, it's not. My faith is not blind. My faith is based on overwhelming evidence. I'm standing on solid ground when I'm trusting my life to the words of the Bible. But you should ask yourself if you need to, depending on your background, where you've been, praise God, what do you really believe? And Jennifer, why... Do you believe it? And when you get to that place, why do you believe it? You have to ask yourself, where did my belief system come from? Where did it spring from? Did it come from mama and grandmama? And did it come from the pages of Oprah magazine and Dr. Phil? Where did what you believe come from? And how reliable, how strong, how sturdy is that foundation of your belief? Right. These questions become of profound importance when you want to talk about what happens, if anything, after you die. What do you believe? Ah, oh, dang, we're just going to be dead, dead like a dog. What? Oh, that's just what I believe, preacher. That's fine. Why do you believe it? Uh, I, 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 Just what I believe. I remember, I think in our first series, I kind of made fun of that. You know, that's just what I believe. Based on what, sweetie? We're talking about eternity. You're going to base it on, this is what I believe. For the Christian, we don't just hope something. We know something. This is one of the things, if I take a very short rabbit trail, that disturbs me about us as a group, Christians, when one of us dies. You know, if you fall apart and you need Twenty-eight months of psychiatric care, and then you don't believe what the Bible says. Come on, when it comes to death, do we believe this or not? You yeah. say, "Yeah, I lost my mama last year." Was she saved? Oh yeah, I saved. Well, you know, she's not lost, brother. You know exactly where right. she's at. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We don't lose loved ones. No, we change addresses. And that is all. Amen. Amen. If you could see, if God were to open our spiritual eyes and you could see, what you would see is not births and deaths. You would, see, you would see it more like an airport. You would see arrivals and departures. That's what you would see. My mom's not lost. Now the fact that I can't see her and that I can't talk to her right now does not negate that she is. You know, I've been on places in the planet. You know, I did, a, I did Google Maps in my India hotel room. And I was 8,600 miles away from my house. That's a long way. Now, in the hotel, I happen to have cell service. Thank God for technology. I could call her up and talk to her like I'm here at the office. But when we got out into the villages and into the bush, your cell phone is dead. It's nothing. It's worthless. Right? Now, am I lost? I don't exist to her because I'm that far away and she can't see me? No, that doesn't mean that at all. We are just separated by time and distance and the inability to communicate. Now it's, I'm not, you know, you, you shed a tear, you, you, you cry when your loved one goes, that's natural. Right, right? we are, human, we're not robots, it's, we have emotions, that's fine. But, listen, to just go off into never ending despair and grief in your life, you just cannot exist, you've got to stop that. Amen. Because you're demonstrating, you do not believe what's written. Right. Because if you did, you would rejoice. yeah glory to God. If we really believed that these words, it says all scripture, is divinely inspired, we would have a 100 percent tithing rate in this church. We could not stop you from tithing. I will, the ushers would have to hold you back from giving, because in the Bible, Jesus said, "Give." And if you do, It shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will God cause men to give into your bosom? For with the same measure that you meted out, it shall be meted back to you again. And people go, I'm not giving. Don't tell me you believe the Bible. A lot of people are self-deluded people. They're good people. They're sweet people. They do love Jesus, but they're self-deluded in about half of what... He, they, they, we like to cherry-pick the Scriptures. Yeah. Oh, I right. like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. God is love. See, every, all the sinners love that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the pagans, they love that Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't want to read God is a consuming fire. Right. Yeah. We, we cherry-pick, don't we? Yeah, husbands act like certain scriptures are not in there. Wives act like certain scriptures are not in there. We have all these little doctrines floating around the United States church, like, oh, I can be a great Christian, not have a pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you just called the word false. Because yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, I gave pastors, and you better have one. <laughs> So I just see, again, none of that's in my notes. You're getting all that for free. Don't blame me. You pulled it out of me. But I'm telling you, going back to this question, what do you believe? I mean, if you're just going to, again, fall apart when symptoms show up in your body, you're just throwing off your faith. You're just throwing off your faith. If you live a life bound by fear, you've thrown off your faith. Because, see, in the Bible, if you knew what you had... And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endeavoring to correct or be, you know, anything like that. I'm. T- what my goal is is that if you've not, Sarah, if you've not had a proper understanding, a foundation of how divine and supernatural and what a miracle it is, the words on your page, I want to give you that if I can. Amen. That you really can stare death in the face and laugh because the Bible says. He has forgiven me of all of my sins. He has healed me of all my diseases. Come on. What is there to do after you read that? There is nothing to do but receive it and walk in the light of it. You see, my sick days are long. They've been long over. I don't have sick days. Sickness has passed away in my life, Maurice. Now the religious world gets mad. They're like, "Oh my God, you're going to bring the devil's going to hit you with something really bad." I, my mentality is just bring it on, devil. Because if I can't trust the words, what are we doing here? They either mean something or they don't mean anything. Oh, I love John three sixteen. It's just so wonderful. God loved the world so much He gave His only begotten Son that everyone who would believe upon Him would not perish, but they'd have all everlasting. And then, but they don't want to. They don't want to read any of the scriptures about your conduct, your morality, your behavior, your talk, your speech, being faithful to anything. Woo, Jesus. So you need to do, because I'm just going to be led by the Spirit and I I can't dwell on any one aspect forever. And everyone said, amen. (laughs) Amen. But if you're not utterly convinced, see, it wouldn't bother me at all if Rex said, Dad, I, man, I hear you this, but I, man, I just don't know. What if it's not true? Well, I'm going to say, sweet, that's just fine. Just, I'm not afraid of that at all, but you need to dig in there and get, get convinced yourself. You want to tear it apart? You want to prove it wrong? You want to prove the Bible wrong through history? Try it. Amen. If you can prove the, prove the Bible wrong by history, I'll pay anyone in here $10,000. And I have it. You can prove the Bible wrong. Uh, Mathematically, I'll pay you $10,000. Just go ahead. Prove one of the prophecies wrong in the life of Jesus. That he's a fraud. He's a liar. It just happened by chance. He's just another guy. Just try to prove it. I mean, really prove it. You can't. I'd save you a lot of time. Oh, there's, the Bible's full of contradictions. There's not one. Not a single one. Just go ahead and try. And if you want to make it a bet, like if you're wrong, you've got to pay me $10,000. i will take that bet. <laughs> yeah. See, it wouldn't bother me at all. People say, you're just brainwashing your children. Yes and Amen. Their little brains need washing. The Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word. Word. Come on. Well, I'm just going to let them make their own mistakes, choose their own path. They want to be a Buddhist, you know, whatever. Well, Buddha said seek truth. (laughs) See, I am not insecure in what I believe. But human beings, we don't get there by accident. Faith comes. Every person should have a strong, unwavering, never bending, unbreaking faith. But that faith comes, and it comes by hearing the Word of God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says here that it is divinely inspired Or as other translations say, it was God-breathed. Hallelujah. And it is useful. I like this. One translation says, the message translation says, it is useful for showing us truth. Exposing our rebellion. Correcting our mistakes. And training us to live God's way. Now I want to say this before I get into something else here. We're doing great on time that um, when I say the Bible is divinely inspired, you need, to, you need to understand a little caveat about what that means, okay? And that is, when, I say, when it says all Scripture is divinely inspired, what that guarantees you and me is that every word that is written is accurately recorded as God or the preacher or the prophet or the one in the story said it. It doesn't make every word true. Do you know lies are recorded in the Bible? Did God divinely inspire a lie? No. No. But he's accurately recording. He breathed upon the writer to make sure that the lie that was told is accurately recorded. So when uh, the serpent shows up in Genesis chapter 3 to deceive Eve, he lied to her. And the lie is accurately recorded, but that it's in the Bible doesn't make the lie true. Does that make sense to you? So for instance for chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter Job and his friends go off spouting off about God and different things about God and you can cherry pick and pull different things you know one of my favorites is what Job said the Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away and you know here the Bible says all scriptures divinely inspired so that's true, and they make a doctrine out of it that God gives, and then He takes away. So God might, Mama, give you your little one, and then He might take them away in a car accident or a disease. Or, and people lift that out, and they make a false doctrine out of it. Listen, what divinely inspired means is Job really did say that. That's what that means. A guy named Job, way back there, Uttered words that said, you know, my God gave and my God is taken away. But when you study the full light of Scripture, you know what's revealed about that statement? It is absolutely 100% wrong. How do I know that? In the Bible. So, for instance, way back later, God shows up to Job and his friends in a whirlwind. He just decides, I've heard enough. All of your philosophical talk about me. And he shows up, and you can begin reading it in Job 38 if you want to. I'm just going to read you the first one. You don't have to turn there. It says, The Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? The message translation says, Why do you talk when you don't know what you're talking about? Right. Woo! See, all of it's divinely inspired, but you've got to study the whole counsel of God's Word, not lift some little phrase out of its setting and make God in to be a killer of children. Right? So you understand my understanding, what I'm trying to get you to say? Every word in the Bible is God-breathed, and everything said there is accurately recorded but that does not mean that God's sanctioning every statement that was quoted. Right. Right. Satan does a lot of talking in here. He's yeah. a liar. Yeah. Right. So you understand that, right? right. <clears throat> okay. I wanted to be sure to get that in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Y'all are doing good with me today. Thank you. I'm trying. So... Praise God. One of the things I want to reiterate with the time I have left is that in the light of the overwhelming proof that the Bible's a miracle, man was used of God in parts of it to pen it, but he did not author it. It's just impossible. He just couldn't have. Did you like that video I played last week? Job goes way back, way back before telescopes, way back before Galileo, way back before all that. And he does write in there that God hung the earth on nothing. And it would take 3,600 years more for us to figure that out in science. How could Job have known it? the only way he could have known it is that God told him. Yeah. Amen. Right? So in the light of this overwhelming evidence that God, there is a God, and He authored a book, and He made you, and that means you're accountable to Him. Well, believer, to live victoriously, you must let the Word of God carry weight in your life. You must understand and submit to its universal, divine, supreme authority. And it doesn't matter how sweet you are and your friends at school are, what is written is. And that does mean that there is a place that people go Who reject him. That's what that means. And hell is not a little red schoolhouse where people finally go to learn their lesson. It's a place of great suffering and eternal torment. No, there ain't no getting out. There is a heaven to gain. And that you and I, each one of us, are going to be justly judged according to what's written. You and I, and and you know, Sister Sally out there, that is willfully ignorant of what's written, that won't matter. God miraculously authored a book. It is the over almost, it's they don't even put it on the bestseller list anymore. They just exclude it. Because every year, every year, no book in the world sells more copies than the Bible. So they're just like, okay, it's, it's over here in a different category. And it is. And so they have all their little other books. You know, a book's survival to last 20 years, 50 years, is almost, almost a, a miracle for a, a written text to last that long. And yet your Bible is millennia old. And preserved accurately in its original form. Amen. So could I just make this plea? Does God's word still carry weight in your life? Yes. Or are you, and I'm me too. It's, don't, don't just dismiss yourself because you, you're a Christian, you love the Bible, okay? We can all stipulate that. I'm saying in your day-to-day walk, in your day-to-day attitude towards the Word, have you grown familiar, cavalier, casual toward your approach to the Word? How would you know? Well, when you read something that you're not living, how do you react to that? Is it easy for you to just go, la, 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 la. Right? Just pass over those pages and live on in disobedience. Because in your day-to-day experience, you seem to be getting away with it. Does God's Word carry weight in your life? The only way the Word of God is going to bear its fruit in your life is if it carries the weight in your life. It's got to become your constitution, your life's governing document. When I finally, in my late college years, became utterly convinced of the divine origin of the Scriptures... My thought was if I ever get to that point, I would be a fool not to believe everything it and conform my life to everything that was relevant, everything that it said. Mm-hmm. And that's not been just easy on my mind, my flesh to do. How about you? Amen. You know, just very simply, like on Wednesday nights we've been talking about prayer. But the Bible's filled with instruction and commandments to pray, but yet Christians don't. Because the Word doesn't carry any weight with them. And, and, and you may think, well, I'm doing just fine living my Christian life that way with the Word not carrying the kind of weight that it should. But listen, that's going to catch up to you, sweetie, when sickness comes. Because if the Word doesn't carry weight, when a counterweight comes against you and you need the full-throated weight of the Word to have its way and force in your body you won't have it. right? Because you've been living casual and cavalier. And you can't tell me that doesn't affect your faith in every area. Right. Come on. But the one that has a deep, profound regard for all that is written. And they know that it was God-breathed and that it is true and that it is no lie. The Bible says that God has magnified His Word above His very name. And that and He told Jeremiah... I hasten to perform my word. I am looking and I will hurry to fulfill my word in the life of the one who believes it. Oh yeah, I hear that healing stuff. You know, we had a healing school for 12 months, you know, just a small... (sniffs) The sickest people in the church don't come to healing school. And that's why they're sick. Because how come they don't come? They don't have the proper regard for the word. They don't believe the word is their answer. It just boils down to it. People don't live the Word because they don't believe the Word's their answer. They don't want to die and go to hell, so they trust the stuff about Jesus. But for the rest of it, if the doctor can't do it, and the nutritionist can't do it, and my job can't do it, and my credit score can't do it, I can't do it. And God, that's a low-level low living for the believer. And I get this statement going my my book that I'm writing right now. And that is, I was listening to myself talk at the Bible school, and I made this statement that Jesus is looking for water walkers, not boat riders. Most Christians are boat riders. They love the safety and the comfort of what they can see, what they can handle. Peter said, I'll take one word, and I'm going to walk on water. Jesus said, one word. He said, come, And on that one, think about one word uttered by the ancient of days. The word come was able to miraculously hold Peter up as he walked on the water. What can one word from God do in your life? Hallelujah. And I know many of you are. You have a deep, profound sense of faith in God and respect for His word. And we see the evidence of it in your life. And we love it. Keep it up. None of us have seen it all yet, right? Glory to God. Listen to this scripture in 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 from the Amplified. Paul shows up, or he's writing to the Thessalonians, and he says, and we also especially thank God continually for this. What was he thanking God for, this preacher? That when you received the message of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it is in truth. The Word of God. Now notice which is effectually at work in you who believe. Amen. Get this from the amplified, exercising its superhuman power. Amen. Our cultures a flush with superhero movies. And mm-hmm. you could be one. <laughs> Ladies, you could be the next Captain Marvel. Because there is superhuman power in the Word. And that Word will effectually work in those who read it? No. Those who hear it? No. Those who believe it? Those who trust in it, adhere to it like glue, and rely on it. Come on, that needs to be you. I say it's you in Jesus' name, right? We are people who believe the Word. We stick to it like glue. We trust in it. We rely on it. In real situations, when our kids are backslidden and acting squirrely, we hold, the, we hold to the Word. When our finances are dried up and everything's tight, we hold to the Word. When our bodies are racked with pain and the doctors are saying bad things, we hold to the Word. Amen. We can't see the future, but we know God said, I have a plan, and it is good. I'm doing better preaching than you are, amen, In this morning. So listen, Paul, a preacher, obviously, he's excited because he showed up and he preached them a message. And what made him excited? How they received it. How did they receive it? Not as the word of a mere man like a politician or a news anchor or a right. professor at school. They didn't receive it as a word from man. I'm sorry for you if you came this morning to hear Chris talk. Yeah. I'm sorry for you. I really am. I don't come to church. I don't. When I go to meetings, right, right. I'm not coming for a personality. Right. I want to hear from God. That's right. Listen, you, I, let me just help you. You do not want to hear from me Sunday ever. You just don't. You don't want to hear from me every week. You want to hear from God. Yes. It's not hearing from me that's going to radically change your life, heal your body, turn your finances around, give you victory, right. save your soul, that's get right. you delivered. Right. It's God's Word. Yes. Oh, and if I could speak through the camera if you're wherever you're at that are not preaching the word, get out. My God, get out of there. We got a few purple chairs left. Come on. I would take every Christian out of every dead church and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Close them down. People quoting Reader's Digest, people quoting this, people quoting that. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of the mainstream, you know, seeker-sensitive churches, they do clips of movies and they give you a little frilly message based on a clip of the movie and then they send you on your way and there's no power in that. Yeah. I, I don't know why you give them any money. That doesn't make any sense. There's only one thing with power, superhuman power, and it's the Word of God. Yeah. So when you come to church, when you open your Bible, when you read a book, are you going to receive it as the Word of God? Or as just somebody else's Word? I want to live a victorious life, an overcoming life, a life that produces good fruit. I want to leave a lasting mark on the world. And if you want to live that kind of life, you have got to let God's Word be the final Word. Amen? Now, our culture is radically changing and changing rapidly. And it's on a steep, dark, downward decline. The standard is not being elevated. We're not progressives. We are declining and becoming more and more depraved. But listen, it doesn't mean that I don't love everybody. I love everybody. The flaming homosexual, I love them. The, the lesbian, the, the, the heterosexual that's loose. Yeah. Right? The, the one who cusses like a sailor who steals and robs and cheats and pillages. Listen, I love them. God loves them. Amen. But when the society they live in decides to call something wrong right, yeah. Yeah. I can't right. in the name of love. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't be love. We have to stand up, Christians, in love for people and say, hey, buddy, bridge out. You stay on this path. And the bridge is out up ahead. I sure hate to see you die and go to hell. Mm -hmm. Truth is. The truth is. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Uh, Luke 4. You might just write these scriptures down. Luke four one through four, I'll just read the fourth verse, says, "And Jesus answered him saying, "It is written, "Man shall not live by bread alone." But by what? Every word of God. In other words, it takes more than the nutrition from food to keep you alive. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Amen? It goes back to what I said. It's not just the fact that you ate food that gives you energy, that gives you life. Amen? You are a spirit. Amen? You have a soul that's an eternal being. And that, praise God, it's the spirit that gives life. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. Is that not right? It didn't say the body without vitamins is dead. It says the body without the spirit is dead. I don't care you could eat, and you should. You should eat right. I take supplements. I do all of that. I'm just not trusted in that. Glory to God. If my spirit leaves this shell, it's dead. It's dying. It cannot be sustained. I don't care how much vitamin you poke down in it. It's dead without the spirit. And the spirit cannot live without the Word. Oh, what do you mean? Jesus is the Word, is He not? I'm not going to take you there, but John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the... Word. And the Word was with God. And get this. The Word was God. That ought to tell you something about the authority behind the Word. The Word is God. The people come to me and say, Pastor, I just never hear from God. God never speaks to me. Oh, so you never read your Bible. You just never read your Bible. You cannot say that God is not talking to you while your Bible is shut. Right. amen. You want the more supernatural, spectacular ways that God might speak. How about just opening up and read what he already said? Right. And believe it. i tell you what, I've come across some whoppers in the word. And I just had to go. Oh, wow. That's me. I had to confront this. I am a liar. Not yesterday. Long time ago. I'm a liar. The mirror of the Word told me that I'm a liar. And it says right in here, no lie will go unpunished. And it says the ultimate abode of all liars is the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. That right? So what it did was the word first pierced me. It was a mirror. It showed me my true condition, but it gave me hope about how to change And really, as I meditate, just took me a few days. I looked up all the scriptures I could find on lion. Now how many of you have a refrigerator list of scriptures about lion? Some of you need some. Because you say things that never come to pass. And that word has power in it. And what that did, the power in that word put in me a hatred for lying. And now what I used to do just unconsciously, which was lie right through my teeth, now I loathe the very act. And I'm not a better person. It's the Word is working effectually in me because I believe it. You could take any area of your life that you don't like or that's going in the wrong direction. Find what the Word has to say about that and plant it like eat it like bread. Man shall not live. Your marriage is not going to live by Oprah alone. She's not even married, right? Man's now man, marriage isn't going to live by nat, by the blog advice out there. It's going to live by every word of God. See, pe- young people today are like we have forsaken marriage. We're not even going to try it. It's doomed to fail. Not if you do it God's way. You have a one hundred percent chance of succeeding in marriage if you do it God's way. <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory to God. Let me close in Proverbs 4. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We've had some longer services. I'm going to try to shorten this one. Proverbs chapter 4. You getting anything out of this today? You know, I hope so. I put a lot of hours in prayer and study, and I don't want the credit for it, but I'm just saying it'd be good for you to pay attention. I know you are. You really are. I could tell. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, you can't live by bread alone. How are you going to live? You're going to live by every word of God. And notice he said this in his confrontation with the devil. Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights without food or maybe even water up in the mountain being confronted by Satan and demons. And he showed himself the champion because he knew what was written Right, oh, yeah. Knowing what is written is going to give you the timely answer when Satan comes against your life. Oh, that's so good. If you're not in the Word, you know God told me this week, He said, Son, it's not the Word you have with you that's going to put you over. It's the Word you got in you. Right. right? So can I borrow you this? So we got the Word with us. That's not going to make you victorious. Right? It's the word you have in you. I don't have time to develop that. Maybe next week. That's the key. How much of the word do you have in you? And see, the great thing is, it's all up to you. We live in a free country. No one's going to arrest you today anyway. If you read your Bible in public, we have Bible studies at Starbucks. They don't care. My... my, Rex and Maurice and Micah started a youth boys Bible study at Starbucks. And the second week, the lady, a lady comes up and goes, you do this every week. Rex was like, well, we did it last week and we're going to do it again next week. And he, she, they, she handed each of those boys Starbucks gift cards. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Anyway, I said I was closed. Proverbs 4. Look at the instruction. See, there's, my point is, there's life in the Word. Divine life. It's in the Word. And you can unleash a divine life into every area of your life through the Word. It's just up to you. Right? It really is just up to you and me. So praise God. Verse 20. My son... Now, you need to make this personal. Now, I am a guy, obviously, so I, I leave it my son. But if you're a lady, you just put my daughter. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear. See, this is, as we close, this is the Holy Ghost speaking to you and me. My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst. Where? See, is that not in you? Keep them, my words, in the middle of your heart. In other words, you got to make the Word of God the center of your very being. Now look at verse 22. For they, they what? The words. They are life unto everyone. No. they are life unto all Christians. No. no. They're life to preachers. No. They're life only to those who find them. Could we think of this? It's not enough to know, oh yeah, there's a scripture in there about healing word, pastors? No. When you find it, you have discovered a nugget of truth. You have uncovered it. You have searched for it. You have found it. And now it's yours. Mm -hmm. God's words are life unto those who find them and their what? Health to all our flesh. Praise God. Catherine's proved this out. Happy birthday yesterday. Supernaturally healed of cancer. Right over there. How long have you been serving God, Miss Catherine? Fourth grade. That's a while ago. And it's not proper to ask how old you are, right? You're 82. 82 years young. Would you say, has the Word played any role in you still being here with us today? Oh, yeah, okay, praise God. How many of you, we could probably tell stories, right? About how we stood on the Word and it breathed life into our finances, life into our marriage, life into our prayer life, life to our minds, comfort for our souls. Come on. But this is saying the Word of God will actually produce health to all your flesh. Come on. Health to your kidneys, health to your spleen, health to your colon, health to your brain, health to your blood, health to your muscles, health to your bones. Oh, I don't know. See, sometimes I need to have a. I don't know. This is what I believe: deliverance line. But see, if we had the right regard, the revelation of what we have, who spoke those words? all of heaven's throne will back them up. Amen. Yeah. Amen. God cannot lie. Amen. That Hebrew word health is the Hebrew word medicine. Yes. It means medicine. And if you look it up, Strong says the word medicine means to effect a cure or to bring a remedy. So hmm. whatever you may ever have to deal with in your body, don't run to the pharmaceuticals first. You don't have to run to the doctor first. Just pull that Bible off your shelf. Glory to God. Because the Word of God is health, medicine. It will affect a cure. It is the remedy for all that would ail you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, smile at me. Say something if you got anything out of that message today. Okay, praise God. You stand up and act like you're glad about it. Hallelujah. Oh, special offering. Sit back down. Sorry, stretch your legs. Sit back down. Ushers come.